158 should be behind tab number one, um, which is the DOT state highway funding bill. Um, I don't believe anybody has signed up to speak on that bill. I see Secretary Hall is here. How you doing, Chris? Um, and behind, I think the first thing you have is like a summary of the bill, but I think we have an amendment. So if y'all would like, we can move right on into the amendment summary. Uh, I think everybody should have the amendment as well. Um, and I can go through that uh, for you. Um, the amendment adds a new section to include language uh, from the House passed amended version of 3579, which is now in conference, uh, which is our version of the Department of Transportation um, bill dealing mainly with governance. Um, as, as we passed, uh, provision to capture all the fee and fine revenue is also in this uh, from the DMV for operations and increase. Uh, the Senate has 71.75 million. Our version's got 84.2 um, million that will basically reflect what we did, the actions within our budget. Um, so basically adds additional 12 million a year. Uh, the commission, much like we passed the House version, uh, all highway commissioners are appointed by the governor, seven district, one statewide. Keeps qualifications for commissioners uh, removed in the Senate version, requires that all uh, the demographic factors, everything we had already passed be in there. The main difference is, is the advice and consent of the General Assembly. Uh, the roll call language that we had uh, in our version uh, that's in conference uh, was removed. And this basically uh, language is what mirrors how the State Ethics Commission uh, is handled with advice and consent of the General Assembly, uh, which the governor appoints. Commissioners serve four-year terms, no more than two consecutive terms, uh, may not serve more than 12 years, regardless of when the term is or was served. Um, the commission appoints the Secretary of Transportation with advice and consent of the General Assembly. Uh, once again, the roll call language was removed. It mirrors the State Ethics Commission's language. Uh, Secretary serves at the pleasure of the commission. The chief internal auditor places the DOT chief internal auditor under the state auditor, just like we have in our bill. Uh, repeals the Joint Transportation Review uh, Committee. Um, the effective dates uh, and current commissioners um, sections, well, some of it takes effect July 1 of 16, but the members can continue to serve until their terms expire, then the governor gets the appointment. Um, Vacancies are filled by the governor, obviously, uh, at that point. But SIB uh, project review, <clears throat> uh, before any loan or financial assistance can be provided by the SIB, the board um, must submit the decision to the DOT commission for approval, rejection, or a request for additional information from the SIB board. Uh, does not relate to any payment contractual obligations that the DOT has to the bank that are pledged on any bond issuance. The 25 million SIB project threshold is in here. Uh, I think now they say it's 100, but I think that's kind of a, a policy, not per se a, 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 a given rule, but we're putting in statute at $25 million projects. Act 114 criteria um, is required for the SIB. 
Um, the effective date is July 1 of 2016. Of course, the funding summary, the fee and fine revenues collected by the DMV is the 84.2 million. Uh, we transferred the vehicle sales tax revenues, excluding the EIA portions, which is about 131.3 million. Uh, DOT is to use the funds for resurfacing programs implemented with a needs-based distribution methodology, including consideration on a county-by-county -county basis to ensure that each county in the state is guaranteed some funding for restructuring or resurfacing. Excuse me. Uh, DOT shall identify road and bridge projects to be financed through the SIB, transfer the non-tax revenue in equal amounts to finance the requirements <laughs> of these selected projects, which is a lot of the DMV money's important here with that aspect because they're fees not taxes these funds may not be used for projects approved by the SIB prior to July 1 of 13 all projects must be approved by JBRC the projects will not require a local match um, and the secretary shall apply funds supplanted by the operation of this section to the bridge and resurfacing needs I think we talked about that which goes a long way with um, getting us to where we're going to need to be and with the new recurring funds of DMV fees and fines and the vehicle sales tax, SIB bonds, and the authorization of existing SCDOT funds result in a total, uh, potential total of 4.2 to 4.5 billion over the next 10 years. Uh, I think we've uh, had some showing the projects that could be done. <laughs> the bridges, as our cheering section, they're happy to have a roads done. Um, Bridges, uh, it's about 950 million. I think that's kind of what was in the Senate's version as well uh, to be completed. Uh, that will completely eliminate the structurally deficient bridges on interstates and the national highway system routes. Those are the routes that are most commonly traveled in the state. Interstates is rough, approximately 2 billion and widened improvement to existing interstates. Uh, I believe this can be done through borrowing or uh, depends on timing and cash may not have to borrow the money to be able to do that. Resurfacing gives you about 1.4 billion or so in, in pavement resurfacing. Um, and I think the DOT, if y'all would like, has detailed explanations on all the projects if you wish, but we have that. I think staff, Ryan, you have that, I think. Yeah, I requested that, but, but we do have the interstate congested interstate areas that they're looking at focusing on first and then they will be getting us a bridge list it's hard to do the resurfacing from my understanding but you can give us an overall idea of how much would be allocated to each county in that aspect representative pitts you got a question thank you mr chairman i would like that list i don't need it before i vote on this because i'd like to keep it moving but i would like that list all right sir. any other questions Representative Pitts moves to adopt the amendment to Senate Bill 1258, which actually becomes the bill. All in favor say aye. aye. Any opposed? The ayes have it. The amendment is adopted. Now, Representative Pitts, I think, makes a motion that we adopt 12, Senate Bill 1258 as amended. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Bill is passed out favorably. Thank you, guys. Gals. Next, behind tab two, is Senate Bill 1075, which I think Hank McCullough, Piedmont Natural Gas, signed up to speak. Well, actually, that's down the list. 
Should be 626. Good afternoon. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, committee members. Uh, I want to speak very briefly on uh, Senate Bill 1075. I will tell you that I am joined by a broad coalition of stakeholders that represent uh, commercial fleet operators, uh, natural gas fueling station installers, natural gas utilities, the propane industry, equipment manufacturers, OEN, OEMs, CNG converters, and the trucking industry. Uh, our goal in championing this bill is to improve statewide access to natural gas fueling infrastructure, which includes compressed natural gas, liquefied natural gas, and we've also added propane. So those are the three alternative fuels that it addresses. Um, what we're essentially trying to do is get over the chicken and the egg that has sort of held up our industry. The, what we found is, is that you're not going to get broad public adoption until you first get fleets and infrastructure in place. And when you look at the, the, the state, there's only that fueling infrastructure in certain parts of the state. So what this bill does is it provides uh, incentives for both commercial fleets and fueling infrastructure are the primary components of the bill, which will help us get over that chicken and the egg. The, the main benefits of natural gas as an alternative fuel are it's cleaner, uh, 20, 20 to 30 percent cleaner than gasoline or diesel. It's less expensive, about a buck 40 a gallon right now. And as you well know, the United States in the last few years has become the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. So there's very little price volatility in that, in that respect. Um, also, um, this is going to be something that will be growingly important in our metropolitan areas. And by adopting this, we will also be able to provide infrastructure for public fleets. Two examples, Simpsonville and the city of Anderson are starting to um, use vehicles in their public fleets. And if they have stations to fill up it at, then they are not having to invest in that infrastructure. So that's really um, what we're all about in this bill. And uh, in the essence of time, I will uh, leave my comments at that and be happy to answer, excuse me, happy to answer any questions that you may have. Any questions for Hank? None. I know the Truckers Association, I think I'd had a conversation with them. We're interested too because I think this bill provides a 2,000 pound weight uh, exemption for commercial vehicles that are fueled by natural gas uh, on the state roads or highways. I think because the equipment's so heavy now uh, on that um, was needed. Um, it allows heavy-duty commercial motor vehicles operating on natural gas to be ass assessed up to 30% less than diesel vehicles uh, due to the higher purchase price. I think that's a 10-year um, limitation in sunset after 10 years. Provides for an income tax credit uh, also uh, for the filling stations, the fuel filling stations for 10 years, um, and then an income tax credit of 12000 per vehicle, I think, is on there as well. So. That, that's correct. And no further questions. Representative Bingham moves for adoption of Senate Bill 1075. All in favor say aye. Any opposed? The ayes have it. It is passed out favorable. Now we go to 626, House Bill 626, or Senate Bill, excuse me. We got two folks signed up for that one. I think we're in a grant staff in this one. I know we have one amendment uh, before us, but um, Tyson, is it? Grinstead, Grinstead. Yep. Thank y'all. It's, it's Grinstead. Right. Um, thank y'all so much for having me today. I'm Tyson Grinstead. I run policy for a company called Sunrun, uh, which just moved into the state. 
last summer. We're the largest dedicated residential solar company in America. Um, since coming to South Carolina, due to the legislature passing Act 236 unanimously a few years ago, uh, we've created 150 new jobs and have signed up 1,500 solar customers. To put that in perspective, that alone is more solar than had ever been installed in South Carolina previously. So solar is moving forward. And one of the reasons we were able to come into South Carolina, because South Carolina doesn't have what we're talking about today in the property tax exemption, is because no, no county currently collects that property tax um, in South Carolina on the residential piece, and that's mostly what uh, my company's focused in. Every other state that we are uh, doing business in has this exemption. So it's critically important to keep the momentum going um, for solar in South Carolina by passing this. Um, and I think it would, I think basically what you'll see is if you do pass this, we'll continue to create jobs across the state. Our company just opened a few um, weeks ago a branch in Columbia, and we're, we're set to open one in Greer and want to continue to grow that across the state. Thank you all. Any questions? For nope. Next, I think, Brett Sowers. Good evening. Um, my name is Brett Sowers here representing the South Carolina Solar Business Alliance. Um, just wanted to let you know if there are any questions, I'm here to answer them. All right. I'm, I mean, I don't, I, a lot of people had interest in this bill and call, called about it, and I know there's some, it does have history. It dates back, I think, like um, Tyson had mentioned, back to some time, and uh, now we're trying to do the tax credits to get more people in there, I think, to install. But um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't have any questions unless any members do. I think Mr. Herb Kirschman has an amendment. But, you know, pass it out, or has everybody got it? Or everybody got it? All right, Mr. Herb Kirschman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman, this is, uh, this is actually Merle Smith's amendment, and um, when I read it and went through it, it <laughs> actually actually makes sense. I don't know, man. Call me crazy, but uh, but, uh, um, but this allows uh, Sunoco and also the Pinewood site to participate and. Um, we're told there might be interest in uh, placing solar insulation at the Pinewood site, and I think that's very interesting because that, for once, it would make the Pinewood site productive instead of a, a, a just being a site that's been uh, sucking state money for years. So um, it's it's pretty arbitrary, but I, I think it's just a it's just a very it's just inclusive on this. So I move for passage. So you're just adding two more sites to the because the bill had what eight sites originally? I think would qualify or something. Somebody said currently. All right. But I think it would open up to more, but anyway. Right. And I think the more we can do, the better, especially on sites like this. All right. Does anybody have any questions for Representative Herb Kirschman on the amendment? He moves for adoption of the amendment. All in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. And I think it's a strike and insert, so the amendment becomes the bill, correct? Yep. All right. Any questions on the bill? Senator Pitts moves for adoption of Senate Bill 626 as amended. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. You oppose? The ayes have it. Bill is adopted as amended and nothing else before the committee. We adjourn. Good night. Thank you all.